Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Uh, welcome to episode two of The Unmade Bed. I'm Adrian. This is my wife, Bree. Say hello, Bree. Hello, Bree. Normally, this would be uh, kind of a weekly sort of uh, escapade. Um, we took last weekend off uh, basically because everyone was too focused on uh, the federal election uh, here in this country, and uh, doesn't Australia already seem like a much nicer place now that it's not being run by Scott Morrison and the Liberals? No, it certainly does. It's a lot more freeing. Mm. A very liberating feeling last Saturday night. When they got there eventually, it looked like it was literally going to be an all-nighter like 2010, but um, uh, we got done by about midnight. Anthony Green was happy at that point, so everyone went to bed. We can only hope that uh, the next three years of Labor government goes a lot better for the Labor Party than it did under Kevin 07. I read something during the week that suggested that one of the big problems with Rudd that I don't think we're going to have with Albanese was that Kevin's ego got in the way. I don't... Albo strikes me as being a very different person to Kevin Rudd uh, in a lot of good ways. So I don't think there's going to be any sort of shenanigans going on like there was during the Rudd years. Thoughts? Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think uh, Albo is a lot more of a team player. Uh, he comes from a lot more humble beginnings and is is more willing to 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 listen to to people. Mm. Um, at the same time, he obviously has his, his own views on on a lot of things. Um, and hopefully he will keep that up. You don't want him to just sort of uh, be dictated to by, by everyone else. Yeah, you especially don't want him to be dictated to by the factions, which can be a big thing in the Labor Party. Yeah. But, uh, yes, yeah, so as, you, as you know, um, I, I, I voted for Anthony Albanese in his first term of uh, Parliament. Yes, because Bree at one stage lived in Grainler. Yes. Bit of trivia for you. And I do remember at the time uh, people were touting him as a future leader of the Labor Party mm-hmm. and they weren't wrong. So uh, yeah. that's uh, somewhat uh, gratifying. Yeah, and I think he'll probably be more collegial and use his caucus more because unlike Morrison, his caucus is not full of complete imbeciles. Yes. Yes. And uh, unlike, say, Bill Shorten, who you know famously lost the, the unlosable election, mm-hmm. Albanese is not quite as tied in with the with the unions as as Albanese is, so uh, there's a lot less baggage there, as to say yeah. to speak. Okay, let's move on to things which have been uh, arousing my interest over the past week, uh, and this one's directed uh, at you, my dear, because um, during the week, or maybe it's been the last fortnight since uh, since we last uh, spoke on this podcast. Um, Uh, One night I was uh, sitting on my computer just noodling away and all of a sudden I heard a very familiar theme. That being the theme to the uh, TV series Schitt's Creek, which Bree has just started watching. Now, my question to you is why have you just started watching Schitt's Creek after all these years? Um... I over, over the many years I have been exposed to a lot of Shit's Creek memes, memes mostly uh, just clips um, that that sort of thing. But I've never actually sat down mm-hmm. and watched the show in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, it's about time to do that. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, how far through are you now? I'm now up to season four. Okay. 
Mm. Oh, well, fair to say if you're four seasons in that you don't hate the show by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's definitely one of the best written comedies that I've that I've ever watched. Mm. I kind of gathered that going in. Yeah. But the the, the general it's just it's just very well written in not not just the the jokes, which is what you see in the, the various memes and, yeah. and clips. Yeah. But just also in the the way that the characters are written, the way that they interact with each other. Mm. And just the the yeah the the, the enormous acting abilities of uh, of the the cast, the cast yeah. is yeah. There's a couple of unknowns in there, and there's a couple of uh, I guess bona fide stars, and um, yes, they all play well off each other. Yeah, absolutely. It's just yeah, it's 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 you know it's it's one of those every time I think I should go to bed now, I think oh maybe I'll just press next episode, and the episodes are only you know twenty. 22 minutes or you know the, sort yeah. of the half hour tv time slot timing so you can go yeah i'll just go one more before i before i go to bed well that's interesting that it's it's obviously made to have commercial breaks inserted into it do you think it would lose because you're obviously watching it without ad breaks do you think it would lose something if it had the the ad breaks imposed upon it uh, no, no. I mean, the way that it's it's written is you can every single episode. You, there's always the there's always the introduction, which is always a funny piece and and sort of introducing the episode as a whole. Yeah. Then they go to the the title. So there's there's your ad break there, mm-hmm. and then there's sort of two middle sections, and there's you know you've got your ad breaks there, mm-hmm. and then there's the final. So it's it's written yep. to have the ads. Okay. And it's 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 great without them because yep. it's not interrupting your your total yep. total viewing time. But if it did have them, it's not. I don't think it would be in imposition to mm. to have them. I, I I don't look. I don't know what Canadian TV is like and how long their ad breaks go for. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, a couple of minutes is probably not you know not too bad. Mm. You don't want your Channel Nine length. Uh, Ad breaks where it's yeah, or Channel Ten yeah, where it goes on for like four minutes and yeah. you start getting pretty bored by that time. Yeah. Um, speaking of TV series, there's one uh, which is it's Friday night when we're recording this, and uh, some brand new TV uh, for those of you uh, into the Star Wars universe has been released today. Now, what's it, what's the new show actually called? Um, it's Obi Obi. I think it's just called Obi. Obi-Wan? It's just called Obi-Wan. Okay. I don't no, well, think it's called anything else. No, so that gives you an idea of what it's about. It's a, I guess you could call it an origin story for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ah, uh, no, it's more, it's set kind of between the prequels and the main timeline of, ah. of Star Wars episode four yes known as star wars yes and uh now that uh now that i come to think of it the fact that ewan mcgregor is playing obi-wan kenobi says that it can't really be an origin story because otherwise there'd have to be a young obi-wan yeah etc 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 now is this part of the because obviously the i don't know whether you'd say the mandalorian was a surprise hit would you say that the Mandalorian was a, su- a surprise hit that it took off as big as it did? Uh, to a, to a degree, yes. Um, because 
I, I guess given that the uh, the sequel films mm-hmm. at that point were generally, and, and I don't necessarily share this view, but generally speaking were panned as being pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, to have a, a, a TV series come in mm. and be what I guess the fans were really wanting mm-hmm. was yeah, it was a little it was a little bit of a surprise. Mm. It gave the fans what they wanted, and it gave the the world at large Baby Yoda. And whoever came up with Baby Yoda is a fucking genius. Yeah, well, the the whole series of the, the Mandalorian is basically in, in the hands of, of one man. Yes, yes, but uh, Obi Wan. I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the only reason that Obi-Wan was ever made was because The Mandalorian was a hit. Is that fair to say? Oh, certainly The Mandalorian being, being a hit has allowed Disney to greenlight many, many more yes. uh, Star Wars Star Wars series. I, look, I, I, and I do believe that, that Obi-Wan was already in the works as okay. Of, okay, so it was so already, it was already yeah, in So it's a pre-pre- financial thing, right? So yeah. Disney purchased... The Star Wars franchise, famously Lucasfilm, yes, and then they set about having a business plan as to how they would recover that money, and not only recover that money, but then start turning Star Wars into a profitable franchise. What, like it wasn't already profitable? No, because what they purchased was look, uh, 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 they didn't necessarily purchase; they purchased the back catalog, right? And the rights to that that back catalogue, but yep. so much of the money had already been earned from that back catalogue so far. Yeah, okay. You know, the DVD sales, the, the Blu-ray sales, that's all been done. Yeah. What they purchased was the right to have that content on Disney Plus, which yep. was really their overarching number one yep. requirement for it. Mm-hmm. They purchased the right to use the Star Wars name in future feature films and yep. future TV series. Yeah, so they've they've basically purchased the rights to the Star Wars universe. Yeah, you might say that's right, and the the amount that they've already earned from it has far exceeded the purchase cost that that they paid for it. Mm. Do they have the right to invent their own new characters? Absolutely, they've got complete. Well, I guess over over the the universe as a whole. Oh, I guess Baby Yoda's a brand new character. I don't think he he appears anywhere. No, 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 no. So it's a brand new invention. The Mandalorian was a brand new invention. Yeah, that's what made the Mandalorian probably so popular is the fact that it wasn't. It was loosely tied in with the Star Wars universe that existed, Mm -hmm. but it was new. Mm. Where some of the other, like, so the the say. For instance, the Book of Boba Fett, which was the, the last one that came out recently, yep. came out to mixed reviews because it didn't quite live up to people's expectations of what Boba Fett as a character was. Yep. And I tell you, as a long-time nerd, mm-hmm. this is what you're up against when you have content like that. Yeah. You are up against the people who have, no, 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 but this is my idea of, of what this character is and you're not going to change my mind. Right. Yeah. So having new characters and new content, but tying it into the world, is was to to be honest a master stroke mm. from from them to to be that for the Mandalorian to be that one that kicked everything off. Now they can go into 
some of the more familiar characters and and using those. Yeah. Okay. And but having John Favreau as the the main the leading contributor for for the the creation of everything mm-hmm. is absolutely the key because he's the way that he's gone about everything has been um, fresh but entirely respectful of what's gone before. Okay, so will you be watching it tonight as in Friday night or are you going to save it? No, I'll probably watch it later. Okay, yeah. she's going to watch it later. Um, something else which I've uh, comes up in my Facebook feed from time to time is gender reveals. When did gender reveal parties suddenly become a thing? Now, uh, I can't put a time frame on it, but has the gender reveal party replaced the baby shower? It's it's it seems to have. Uh, look, uh, and I I just don't know that I'm the right demographic because no, we're not the right demographic. I've never been invited to a gender reveal party. If I was invited to a gender reveal party, I'd probably politely decline mm-hmm. said gender reveal party. Yes, unless it was somebody who was rather close to me. And, yes, and I felt that I needed to go. Would you go to a baby shower? But I've been to baby showers. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, as part of me wonders with gender reveal parties, is it just an excuse to wedge an additional gift giving event in there? Or, or if you have a gender reveal party and a baby shower, then you might be doing you might be going over the top. I guess the advantage of a gender reveal party is that unlike a baby shower, which tends to skew female. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't normally see many blokes. No, that's that's right, yeah. Whereas a gender reveal party can be both uh, male and female. Yeah, yeah. I would, yes. Mm. I've seen that yeah, you invite just pretty much everybody you know. Mm. Mm. sure i've seen a gender reveal party done with fireworks yet have you seen any videos of fireworks to do it fire not fireworks as such but i mean there's mm. been i've seen a few failed videos of uh mm. some kind of uh, flares have gone flares wrong or yeah explosive that's ended in chaos yes now the reason i mentioned fireworks and explosives is and you probably don't know this but tomorrow night's actually cracker night here in tasmania yes i'm aware of this yes it's what's called officially it's called commonwealth day celebrations or something which uh when i was a kid was cracker night um it didn't necessarily have to be a saturday night i can recall some cracker nights on school nights but um if you're of a similar age to me, then you'll remember up until late 80s, I think, uh, Cracker Night was a big thing in Tasmania, and there were literally no rules. You didn't need any permits, you didn't need to notify your neighbours what you're doing, because everybody was just letting off crackers. A few weeks before Cracker Night, you'd have shop fronts in the city that would just magically appear, stock full of crackers, You'd go shopping with mum and dad, you'd pick out your crackers for the night and you'd let them off and everything was great. It's only now in later years, um, us being owners of a dog, that we know the sort of effect that firecrackers can have on pets. So 
part of me now feels a little twinge of regret for what I must have put or we must have put the neighbourhood pets through back when I was a kid. But was Cracker Night a thing in uh, New South Wales? Not that I'm aware of. No. Um, Just another, another one of those Tasmanian things. Yes. Like savoury toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, uh, you uh, pretty much in New South Wales, if you wanted fireworks, you had to uh, drive down to Canberra to buy them. Ah, uh, yes. That's, that was the thing. The age-old meme that Canberra was only good for two things, pornography and fireworks. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, okay. So I, I do remember it like in the year 2000. I think lasers are going to start to be more of a thing now. I mean, Vivid's on uh, this weekend in Sydney and... Um, what they can do now with just light installations and lasers, it, it's... Well, having, having seen the, the, the various uh, laser lighting shows they've got in Singapore... Singapore, that's, yes. ...that they have every single night that they yes. run and they, you know, rotate them around. To, yes, at Gardens by the Bay. The Gardens by the Bay and at, at Marina, Marina Bay. Yeah. You know, shows what you can do... Yes. ...with just some lasers and, you know, not scaring pets. So. Yeah, and if anything, you can put on something which is in a way is visually more spectacular than fireworks. Yeah, because they tie it in with a, with a theme and it can mm. have, you know... You, know, you can have soundtracks and soundtracks all sorts of things. Yeah, and the, the works, not just the pretty bangs kind, mm. of, kind of thing. It's, uh, it mm. seems to have taken a while to kind of catch on yes. here in Australia. Something tells me that it won't be too long before um, Hobart City Council... New Year's Eve considers lasers simply because uh, they're trying to be, you know, obviously it's it's a uh, there's a there's it's a, a green council. It's a green council, and uh, everyone knows that uh, fireworks do cause pollution. The bits that are left over after the bang, so to speak. So uh, you you never know. We may see uh, New Year's Eve laser shows before long. Hmm. Mm. It would uh, certainly be an improvement, I think. You know, we've seen various light installations being uh, done by Mona through the Mona festivals, mm. which are maybe a little bit more arty than the general population might uh, might like. Yeah. Uh, if, if they can catch on to that and, and follow on from that, mm. then uh, that would be a good start. Mm. Now, we'll close this week once again by talking about this week in music. Uh, have you seen this week's ARIA chart flashback yet? I actually have not yet. You actually have not yet. Well, this will be a surprise for you. So the ARIA chart of the 25th of May, 1997. 97, right. Okay. Okay, so you got an idea in your head of what was number one this week in 1997? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not very much down to the monthly. No? Okay. Well... Uh, number 10 was Secret Garden by Bruce Springsteen. Not one of the boss's better songs. Doesn't tend to get played much these days. Well, I, 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 I think those two things are mutually exclusive. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go with that. Number 9 with a bullet up from 34 was Jewel, You Were Meant For Me. Mm, was I was a, meant for you. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, number 8, Michael Jackson, Blood on the Dance Floor. Mm. He'd, uh, at this time back in 1997, uh, his Blood on the Dance Floor History in the Mix remix album debuted at number two this week, back in 1997. So, um, 
Uh, well, per, but personally, I think the the mid '90s Michael Jackson is, is somewhat underrated. Mm-hmm. Like songs like this and "In the Closet" and, yep. and a few other of those sort of songs are mm. some of his best works. Yeah, if you really listen to them, mm. you know they're not as popular. Mm. Uh, number seven was on Vogue with Don't Let Go Love. That is a very, very good song. Still gets played to this day. Uh, number six, As Yet, Last Night. Now, we were having a conversation earlier about 90s uh, African-American boy bands and the yes. the plethora of them that was around at the time. And As Yet, I think, fits right oh, into that. Very much right into that. That's, uh, oh, baby, I, I really... Uh... Want to, yeah. want to hold you and give you some deep voice action. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, number five, Spice Girls, Two Become One. Hmm. One of the last big hits with uh, Jerry still in the group. I think it was late 1997, that, mid-97, that uh, she decided to go her separate ways onto a fairly underwhelming solo career. Hmm. Etc. Etc. Number four, all the way up from eleven. No mercy when I die. This was a big time for uh, power ballads. It was really one of the years you can't even remember. I the can't song. even remember this song. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to try and sing it because uh, people may be driving. We don't want anyone to have an accident. Uh, number three, up from eight. Real McCoy, their last big hit. One more time. Yeah. Okay. You can remember that one. Yeah. Number two was White Town, spending another week at number two with Your Woman. Now, that's a forgotten song from the yeah, 1990s. I am struggling to remember that you one. Still can't remember that one right. either. You'll, you'll know it as soon as you hear it. Yeah, probably. The number one song this week back in 1997, spending, I think, its seventh or eighth week at number one, it was Savage Garden, Truly, Madly, Deeply. Yeah. Now, these days when they play uh, on television, generally speaking, on the music video shows, if they play Truly Madly Deeply, they play the American version, the video that was made for the American market and the American mix, which I think I think the Australian mix of Truly Madly Deeply, which is more stripped back, far, far prefer that to the American version. Not going to comment? Uh, you don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? I'm trying to picture the two versions. I do know what you're talking about, but yeah, let's just say "Strip Back Savage Guard." There you go. Um, they were also number one uh, on the uh, album chart with their debut album, so it was just wall to wall Savage Garden this week back in 1997. Well, you would have been very happy. Uh, I was. Actually, it was around this time that I was just learning the ropes in community radio. It was late May 1997, so my uh, <clears throat> my initial steps into my first somewhat underwhelmingly successful career. I guess you could call it a success. Well, you know, you... I'm going to call it a success. <laughs> I managed to get some nominations for some awards. I've got a little trophy up there. A little the... trophy sitting on the uh, the, the bedroom uh, yeah. tall boy over there. So, yeah. you know. I got something out of it. Photo with Wendy Matthews up there. Yes, there. yes. Quite why Wendy Matthews was presenting Best Station Produced Comedy Segment is lost in time. But, yeah, it was a good night. 
Anything else that uh, comes to mind that you feel like uh, you need to put on the table this week for the unmade bed? Uh, look, I'll just probably uh, put on just point out how glad I am mm-hmm. that uh, the United Australia Party, despite their one hundred million dollars or whatever it was worth of advertising, mm. uh, did not manage to get a, a single seat. They may still yet be able to uh, to get maybe one in Victoria in Apart the Senate. Victoria, which they may or may not get. But, yeah. you know, if, if $100 million buys you one Senate seat in Victoria, then yeah. uh, I think a lot of people would be in trouble Yeah, um, based on that kind of mathematics. But uh, Yeah. So the long and the short of it is uh, everybody now basically wishes that Clive Palmer would just fuck off. Yes. Will he? I doubt it. No. I doubt it. I doubt his uh, ego is going to take it. Down. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's going to use for uh, for a scare campaign for the next federal election in uh, a couple of years' time. Maybe monkeypox will be a thing by then. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? He yeah. looks he looks like a guy that could eat a few bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just about does it for this week's episode of the Unmade Bed. As always, shoot us an email. If you liked it, if you hated it, if you hated it, you're probably not going to send us an email. But anyway, unmadebed22 at gmail.com is the email address. Thank you, Bree. No, thank you to my husband who's never heard of hate mail. <laughs> oh, I've heard of hate mail. <laughs> I've heard of hate mail. I'm, I'm lucky that I've got out of radio really before hate mail and flame wars became a thing. Otherwise, yeah. I definitely would have copped some. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll catch you next week.